Okay, we're with Sam, and it's dedication time. So, Sam, what would you like to dedicate this episode to, or what? Or? I think I'll have to dedicate this episode to my film team. We're working on a bigger project, and I'm kind of excited. No, it's like that nervous excitement, right? Yes. Don't, yes. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a weird feeling. It's almost like when you hit your funny bone, you're like, Oh, uh, that just hurts, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's just pain. Okay, wonderful. Sam Hedden, I want to let you know uh, some things you can find out on YouTube. Uh, first of all, Kyle Gothy from Go Film Reviews and I have our own YouTube channel now called Kyle and Nick on Film. Sam Hedden also has her own YouTube channel. She'll talk about it in her interview, um, and you can find the link, and we'll put the link down below, but her show is called Now You Know. It's also a podcast that you can find on SoundCloud. And now here's my interview with Sam. All right, we're here with Sam Hedden. Mm -hmm. Did I get it right? Yes. All right, I always yes. try to guess. Okay, okay. All right, how you doing, Sam? Good, how are you? Good. Um, before we get started, I want to let everybody know that you have your own podcast as well. I do. It's Now You Know with Sam Hedden, and it's pretty recent. We're just finishing season one. Yeah. 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 Now You Know with you being the letter U. Yes. If exactly. they want to even find it, we'll definitely put the link on there, and it's on SoundCloud and iTunes, I'm sure, and all that other yep we're slowly starting to expand it and I'm pretty excited about doing that and you're also now you know is on youtube as well yes okay. um you can find it through my producer's youtube site and dvd media and it's a n dvd media and all of our all of our podcast videos are on that page yeah so not only do you do the podcast which is audio but the youtube channel yep. is audio visuals as well exactly yeah so what before we talk about the movie because you might talk about the deck in your uh dedication to talk about you making a movie but i want to take a little bit about the podcast before we move on to the good stuff but <laughs> what made you get started on a podcast um so or the the you now you know i was helping andy watson hi andy um <laughs> I was helping him out with a project he was working on for Craig Munkler and Bob Cummings, and they were, um, they were interviewing some people. They were doing some things to get theirs up and running. And I yeah. told Andy, I was like, you know, there's a lot of people that I would love to know more about that I already know. <laughs> like I know them, but I, I know, know exactly. nothing. <laughs> yes, that's right. Because <laughs> especially in the film community, there's you guys work really in intimately yes and very close proximity for a very intense amount of hours and then you go away right exactly and you're like, oh, well yeah yeah well, and that's exactly it's like i knew them i like them but i want to know more about them <laughs> right. yeah. so i was like i have a list of people and i thought this would be kind of cool because i know authors and some musicians directors actors and i was like why not and he's like okay that's a great idea i wouldn't name the person but somebody said this is why we do necessarily this is why we do award ceremonies because we work so much we don't have a time to have kind of a relaxed atmosphere outside of work that's why we do the award ceremonies because we get to casually talk to each other 
without work involved. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. You get that two seconds where it involves coffee and chatting and not, hey, go move that light over there. Or is that person mic'd up right? Or yeah. what does this look like? Do we have to reshoot this in three weeks? Uh, one of them, I, um, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's a award-winning documentary filmmaker, but he talked about how it's just a weird life about you go to the Oscars, you wear a tuxedo, you're you're just in this glamorous, glamorous, and then he goes, then I'm going, the next day I go back to film my documentary and it's in a warehouse and we're filming and I'm wearing all this crap clothes and then I'll look at my coffee and it's already got sawdust and I go, what a, what a different spectrum <laughs> the film is. You're all glamorous and wonderful. Then you go back to reality of who puts sawdust in my coffee? <laughs> well, that's exactly right. Yeah. I um, Last winter, I was helping working on a uh, distant calling pictures film. And it was the middle of winter. Yeah. And we went from, oh, let's do a pre-production meeting where it's warm and cozy and nice to let's go shoot this outside. It's like 10 degrees and I can't feel my toes. Right. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it was great. The movie was fantastic, but it, it was definitely very different very different realities in a very short period of time. <laughs> I had the same experience when I went to art school and it was like, you know, all my watercolors are very indoors or summer. I don't have a winter watercolor. Then I go out in winter to do what? Then I realize why I don't. It's freezing. <laughs> and then my water's like, oh no, it's crystallizing. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's like, I just throw some ice on here and we're good to go. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so uh, without the podcast and everything, um, you also make movies. I try to. Right, right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I uh I I enjoy it. Uh, a few years ago I ended up on a set and I was like I really like this and um I have some graduate classes in project management and a lot of what I've gone to school for is like planning, designing, yeah. detailed paperwork and I was Wonderful. like I could utilize this. Like I could do this. I could tell people where to be and when to do stuff and um turns out that i enjoyed it and i was like this is cool what else can i do so yeah. i just added more to it i was like let me write a script and then let me see if i could try maybe doing the director part of it and just building on what i had known and hopefully just build up to more of a better level i guess so you do, i mean think you're not just a filmmaker but you did all aspects of films you did like directing writing you've been in the movies on front and behind so you've you've done kind of all the kind of all the other important stuff right? i've been in front of the camera which i actually kind of hate not gonna lie so please don't cast me in films i will gladly like yell at people off screen but i'm not not gonna no not not my thing not your I, i'll be on a theater stage not a not a film movie really ever. you've done right. stage yeah but, but I, not film no i i've been on stage hi christopher devon um i did the 10 minute play festival where okay. i met cj he was a fantastic actor and a friend of mine and and i end up with these really i don't know if it's my personality i either end up evil or i end up as a crazy lady and i'm pretty sure that i'm getting typecasted because that's just my personality in general maybe i don't i don't know i don't know what, i'm not a casting director i don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either don't know. there's something about you right there's, right, right. Yeah. um but yeah so i was on stage for years or since i was at least a kid and i just kind of was like yeah, films look cool and i realized really quickly i hate being in front of a camera i cannot 
I don't like it. So <laughs> it's hard. I think, especially when you even when you do a podcast, it's also that's your voice. That's what right. you sound like. And right. People are like, whoa, what? I don't. That's what I really sound like. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. It's something you have to get used to as well. Well, and it's funny you say that because singing, I could sing all night long. I'll sing in front of crowds. I'll sing karaoke. I'll sing day in, day out. But when you just have no filter with singing. But then. no, but when it comes to like the acting on the film, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> so you, you're not comfortable watching yourself on the film? Absolutely not. No. Nope. I'm just like, if anybody could attest to this, who's seen me at uh, the fifty fifties. If uh, I come up on screen, I immediately put my hands in my, uh, my face in my hands and I'm just like, nope, tell me when it's over and I'll watch the rest of the film. <laughs> Done. <laughs> nope. Um, without, uh, uh, with, with film, what are the other hobbies that you do? Um, so I started taking classes at Expertise Fitness. So they do like aerial classes and like bounce classes. And so. What is, what is that? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Oh, that's my <laughs> uh, So, um, aerial aerial classes are like silks, yeah. so they're kind of like um, fabric that hang from the ceiling, and you learn to climb them, and you do like poses in the air, and they, and then the lira oh. is like a hoop that hangs from the ceiling. Okay, and I didn't know the formal yeah, title. Yeah, so of those this. Are, yeah, those are aerial. Um, so there's drapery hanging from the ceiling yes. and then you use it to as you, exercise. Yeah, and you, and it's just fun and it's cool and I have a lot of work to do on it, but it's just it's it's a fun way to exercise without it being like exercise if that makes sense. Right, I remember many people like if once it becomes when it looks like it's work then it That's just, exactly right. Just once like it, anything else, yes. right? In like a movie, once it becomes right. looking like work then it just doesn't right. Yeah. Um, other things I I am a big karaoke fan. Like that's that's my thing. Do you I, have your uh, own karaoke machine? <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> Surprising, <laughs> but um, I will go and find karaoke on like a Sunday night and just belt my lungs out until I can't speak in the morning. So there is that. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're and, and that's that's really weird because I know a lot of people are opposite or awkward with that, but they're. You want me in a movie? Go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the odd duck. What can I say? Um, other fun things. I write a lot. I like writing scripts. I like writing anything. It's just something that I I developed. Was that something you did before movies? I did it before movies, but there's a whole backstory to what got me into it. It's kind of sad, but hopeful all at the same time. And that's why I have my day job that I have. Okay. So, well, that's kind of... Uh, when that's kind of like writing is yes yes that's exactly right <laughs> exactly right. um i i found myself uh in a treatment center four years ago out of state oh. and when you can't leave the building you're like what, are you gonna, what, what are do you i do gonna, what do i do with myself you can't karaoke right i can't karaoke and well there was singing involved but, but it's, not, rec- it's not, a microphone. not it's not a microphone and it's not from a machine okay um was the, if I remember correctly, it was the national anthem because somebody's birthday, and it was just, it was a really surreal moment being locked in a building because thirty days there, and yeah. you're seeing something because there's this odd, like, sisterhood, I guess you could say, that kind of develops. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a little bit of a tune-up. Yeah, it was. Um, 
it was yeah tune up is a good it's word almost for like it. almost your car broke down it's got to go to that's the shop. that's exactly what that's a perfect way to put it yes yeah. that's how i phrase it yeah the car broke down and it's in the shop for a couple yeah. Of days yeah and uh, you'd be amazed at the power of just taking your phone away and like disconnecting for one day five days and it does you wonders just to have that disconnected time where oh, you could yeah. just like look at yourself inside and go okay something needs to get fixed and maybe i need to like look at some things from a different perspective so it is very tantalizing and seductive of i gotta look at my phone every half an hour right, right? and i'm guilty of it too and you work on a project and stuff like that and i should get it done but all of a sudden i'm on my phone why am i on my phone right <laughs> just, right yeah. right yeah. and you're just like well you just looked at this 10 minutes ago nothing changed nothing's right. different nothing's <laughs> so i used to be like that when i was a heavy smoker and then really? you, you, you didn't even know all of a sudden you got to smoke like I don't remember starting it. I don't remember right. pulling. All of a sudden, I'm smoking. Right. Right. It's, just, it's like it's an automatic. It's a mechanism. And then once you realize that, then you know you're addicted to it. Right. And then you're just like, okay, well now what do I do? Do I just keep doing it because I don't care? Or do I just decide to make some changes? So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So with the writing, and then that's how you discover it, and then you continue with it. Yeah, and I just kind of ended up being a really good overlap. So I was like, I really like films and it's like, I like to write scripts. It was just kind of fun for me. It still is fun for me to just like sit down, pull up my laptop and just like type away um, and come up with fun stories. I think that's half the, half the thing is sometimes you, you have like a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, that would make a great story. So you go home and you're just like type, 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 type. And you're like, ha, yes. So. Are you comfortable editing your own stories? Oh, No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have learned that yeah. my stories get much better if I send it to some close personal friends to look at yeah. and read through because they'll find things that I was like, they're like, hey, this doesn't quite make sense. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. I need to like figure out how to fix that. And the nice thing is, is sometimes I'll be like, well, how would you fix that? Or what, what would be a way that you think would be able to get yeah. some input that way? I think it's a, uh, and I try to help on this show, it's a huge misnomer that writing is a single event. And then you need to kind of right. help a little bit of support of, okay, this is, you know, that's why we have writer's workshops. Right. Where you can get suggestions and stuff like that. So the, the notion that somebody just goes in an isolated room and cranks out a masterpiece without right. submitting it is kind of, it's kind of misleading. Right. I have a, so a person I know, a friend of mine, uh, Adrian Lee, Hi, Adrian. Oh, by the way, this is a good time to plug in my favorite Friday night show podcast. Okay. It would be more questions than answers, and it's on Friday nights, and it's fantastic. Where we can find it? Where is uh, it? Dark Matter Digital Network on Friday nights. It's the best, and it, I laugh cried so hard last Friday, I thought I was going to just pee my pants. It was really bad. <laughs> so what's it What's it called? What's it? Dark Matter Productions. So what? it's more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Okay. On Dark Matter Digital Network. <laughs> right. And, uh, How'd you find this? I just, I found out about it from friends that I knew. And, and just from networking, And right? just networking. And yeah. all of a sudden I started listening to it and I was like, I've never laughed, cried that hard in my whole life. <laughs> and uh, like last Friday, I w was wiping tears from my face because I was just, it was ridiculous and amazing. <laughs> and... Um, but he's an author, and um, from what I've heard, is he he writes his scripts or he writes his manuscripts, and he he'll 
send it to people he trusts or knows and yeah. he'll be like hey read this let me know what you think and then um i know some other people that write scripts for films and they'll write them and they'll send them to others to read through it because having that second or third pair of eyes yes it definitely a whole new perspective on yeah. like what you wrote <laughs> so <laughs> um do you do outlines or no you just go um i think it depends on what my outcome for it if it's just for for fun i'll just go right if it's yeah. something that like i have an end goal in mind there's usually going to be an outline of some kind first yeah my favorite author, not everybody, I think, who our listeners know that my one of my favorite authors is Elmore Leonard, who's a lot of his books turn into movies, and I think you know, like Get Shorty and Out of Sight, right, and, right. Um, Jackie Brown, and he's wrote all those books. But he's one of those people that if it, <laughs> when he he um, if he he write and then he read what he wrote, if it sounds like it's it's too overly written, if it sounds like it's a write, he'll ditch trash it like. It doesn't sound natural. If it right. sounds like I'm really forcing it, if it sounds like it's really a tight written script, then he's like, it's garbage. Well, that's that's exactly right. Like yeah. I've like written something and I read it and I'm just like, who talks like that? Like I don't like, doth <laughs> art, like doth will go do doth thing. And I'm like, nobody talks that formal. Like I, chuck that sentence right out the air. I think yeah, and that's, going to my next question is dialogue especially with writing you can write a great scene and have a great story but if the dialogue is so clumsy or so right and yeah. that's one thing that i've had to catch myself on um was when i was writing dialogue it didn't seem natural yeah so i'd have to go back and i'd be like instead of the i am i'd go i'm because when i'm speaking i don't say i am all the time i'll use I'm doing this and it's like okay I need to like speak it out loud so what helped me with dialogue is actually sa saying the words out loud or like reading through it with someone out loud and you were yeah. like wait a second that's way more formal than I think anybody would ever say that sentence yeah there's there's a lot of movies I watched that I've caught where like why are we speaking like or 1600 right like or elizabethan why, yeah. hi brother nobody ever says to their brother, <laughs> hi, hi, brother. Hi, bro that's exactly <laughs> well on occasion i do say hello father but that's about it oh right. good lord sorry that makes me chuckle worse because if you've ever seen uh the toast of london uh matt berry he's yes. in that and he's from we, the, we, we, right. he's, he's from the it crowd too and when he first shows up in the season of for it crowd he goes father <laughs> right in the church <laughs> father. Exactly and he does that overly right. dramatic yes. like that's exactly right because matt berry is the best <laughs> he made me cry when i went because oh, that I is know, a good right? show but it went oh, right into the atmosphere when matt berry exactly came right in. that's that's exactly right i told everybody oh. um, how do you describe Matt berry he's he he's able to be charismatic and repulsive at the same that's time <laughs> that's the perfect description i have <laughs> oh, I don't know anybody can be that you have, yeah. if you have to watch so like you have to watch um I don't know if you've seen Toast of London or of not. Of course Okay, I good. So like whenever purchase. whenever Clem Fandango comes on, can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's a, it's just a joy. Steven, <sighs> yes, it's Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. And they just and they've got like YouTube videos where it's just a compilation of yeah. just this like those two going back and forth, and it is. It's got to be my favorite. Yeah. I, so. <laughs> I don't know how Matt Berry does it because he's just... When he had that, that hell episode of Toast of London when yeah. he was infatuated with John Hamm. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> 
and John Hamm comes on the show and they have like pick and everything and then John's like I gotta go why (laughs) 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 that's that's the best my wife and I we always talk about if we ever go to we haven't gone to London but if we ever go to London she's not gonna leave the apartment or the hotel she's just gonna watch BBC That's exactly right. I I had to download the BBC app the other day because I was like, I can't take this anymore. Like all the comedies I like are on that app. And I was like, just download that and just get over with it. So, you know, a couple of episodes ago uh, on Graham Norton was uh, Richard Iode. who played Moss on the IT crowd. Yeah. And, um, the producer, like, I want you to play the geekiest person ever. (laughs) And Richard's like, um, I'll do some research. No, you don't have to do research, right? <laughs> you got this. You're good to go. I don't think you would do I'll give you a tie. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I, my favorite. I, I, he's just, it's like my sweet, sweet style. And I'm like, yes, thank you. He makes it, uh, he makes it beautifully awkward. He does. That's exactly yeah. right. It makes it, when he pulls out the popcorn and go on. <laughs> It's gonna be my favorite meme ever. There's a one episode of the IT crowd where he's fixing the the lady upstairs computer because he's on IT. Yeah, it's a very attractive receptionist. Right, right. and she's she's trying to be cutesy with him. It's right, like, I like your glasses. Right, and he's like, they're not for sale. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> just completely misses it you know? that's exactly right but see that's like that's the whole point like good writing right there like yeah. knowing like who your character is and then the right dialogue for them like come on now you you have to know if he's like socially awkward how would you actually say that they're not for sale <laughs> <laughs> but he's a writer too Richard. right and he's wrote some screenplays right. and, and yeah. it seems like they have like a nice little network themselves because a lot of the actors that matt barry works with are people that you've seen in the oh yeah, IT yeah. crowd or you've seen them and yeah i was really sad because apparently up in uh canada they were doing a filming for one of matt barry's shows and i totally missed out on getting that memo early enough to be like i'm out for a week bye yeah i and would i he's one if i go to london i want him to be my tour guide right i would just right <laughs> I would stand in in that's front of Big Ben and go, Father. That's exactly right. He can he can narrate everything. It's well, you're right. It's a whole mesh because on um, Toast of London, right. uh, the guy who plays Ray Purchase is married to the lady, the woman that, from the IT crowd. That's IT crowd. yep, exactly. So it's kind of right. There's a little bit of a hard community, and right. Um, there's been other sketch comedies where Olivia Coleman's been part of them, and everything. right. So it's it's like, and huge. I got to tell you, like, yeah. so I scenes from a hat is a very they uh, they're an improv TV show on BBC. Yeah, no, we have our own local one. Oh, I'm, so okay. So seeds from a hat. They film right in Invergrove Heights, and um, they've been doing more live shows. But they have a very close and personal spot to my heart. Oh, and, um, I know, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, okay. And um, so seeds from a hat. They do improv and like comedy stuff like that, and I love it. Like it's sometimes just letting letting go and having that fun comedy stuff. It's just, it's worth it. So what you do is you just it's probably what it says, right? You just put some scenes in a hat and you pull it out and you got to do it. There's actually all sorts of games. That isn't the only one. Okay. Um. So on my IMDb page, if when you post that and you go on there, you'll see scenes yeah. from a hat on that list of stuff that I've done. And I may not like being in front of a film for a film, but if you say the word improv and you're like, go do this, absolutely, I could go do that right now. So, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so how did that get started? I, was this a group of people? And I, then, just a group of people and that an invite. they were there and I knew somebody and they're like, why don't you come and check it out? And I did and, and I loved it. So I know they've got some, uh, I'm going to plug this for them, but December 17th, they're doing like a holiday cookie show over at um, Town Square Media in Invergrove Heights. I know where that is. Yeah. It's not too far away from where we're recording. No. No. And um, it sounds like fun. It is. It's they're going to do some fun games and you'll get to see them perform some of the improv stuff that they do. And it's just it's a lot of fun to go and watch. And it's definitely enjoyable to just see it and be a part of it. Because a lot of it is um, getting the crowd participation. And it's just it's hard for it's right. Yeah, it's hard for because a lot of people where they're there. As an audience, they don't think they're just there to observe. They don't really, it's hard for them. Well, that's exactly it. And so it's like, but if you do want to participate, but not have to be on stage or anything like that and throw out some ideas, yeah, that's a really good atmosphere to do that in. I would definitely like to throw out ideas. The, I, I would try it. I, I believe they're doing their holiday cookie show on the 17th. So next Tuesday, I think that's what that is. Thinks it, yeah, the seventeenth of Tuesday. Yep. Are you ever gonna do like a stand up? Be a stand up? <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to some of the projects I'm working on. Uh, <laughs> when we get to that point, we'll, we'll chat. <laughs> but I will mention I am working with somebody on some sketches and. So yeah. like more like not really like stand up like a sketch. We're doing like we've got some. I am working with a friend of mine on some comedy sketches and they are. <laughs> They're uh, interesting, uh, fun, think, but well, interesting. Are you comfortable writing comedy? I mean, that's really hard to do. I think if I'm with the right person with the right ideas and like the sparks fly, then yes. But by myself, not so much. I don't think anybody. Yeah, right. I think that's why there's always a group of people, right. like Broken Lizard. They always have a group of right. twenty writers, or you know, the Zucker Brothers. There's right. three of them that sit in the committee and they just start. Well, there's out. something about comedy that, like, you you have to. If it makes you laugh, that's great. But if all of a sudden both of you are just like on the floor rolling in laughter, there's something golden about that, and it's probably worth putting on paper. So, <laughs> and what do you? Before we go to break, do you have a favorite comedy movie oh, or a bunch of them? Ooh, that's that's too much. Oh, let me think for a second. Um, favorite comedy movie. I do have I do have one. Okay, it's the probably the funniest one of the decade because eventually at the end of the year we're gonna do a top movies of the decade. Really? But um, I really thoroughly enjoyed what we do in the shadows. My, is, that that's a good one. Which is a that fake right fake vampire? Right. Yeah. Um, as far as comedies go, I think I got the biggest kick out of Ace Ventura. That's that series. There's something about it that that's just the greatest intro of a movie. I, <laughs> it's something like when you think about it you just like cringe and laugh all but that at is the same a, and that's that is a hilarious exactly right. intro to a movie and that's yes exactly that's exactly right <laughs> and so like there's just something that has to when if i had to pick one my first like one that pops in my head it has to be the ace ventura ones so <laughs> followed very closely if you want to call ghostbusters a comedy i would probably call it a dramedy more like yeah but that's got to be a sec that's got to be right up with it that as well yeah and that's a group yeah kind of a thing exactly and i I, and I watched the netflix thing about the making of ghostbusters 
um, and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And his, the original idea for Vekman was be John Belushi. Really? So, I mean, he wrote it. There's supposed to be Peter Vekman. was supposed to be John Belushi. Wow. And, John, and this is not in the documentary, but John Belushi is really happy that he wanted it because he's always been the funny guy, right? He, right. He was supposed to get the girl. Right. And he's like, I never get the girl. I'm always in movies. Right. And that was Peter Vekman was supposed to be John Belushi. And then when he passed away, they gave it to Bill. And that was Bill's. I think he was kind of scorned about it. Like, I'm second fiddle. So he didn't really... Well, agree to it and all that yeah. stuff. So it took him a while of convincing for Bill to come on. And then it was supposed to be Eddie Murphy and then Eddie Murphy. They actually did some scenes of Eddie Murphy. If you really? look, look at some close shops, it is Eddie Murphy. And then he said, no, I don't want to do it. And that's really when he brought in um, the other character to play. Um, Interesting. And um, Slimer is a little bit like John Belushi. It was an inspiration. Really? That's why he looks, that's why he's okay, almost like yeah. Animal House. He's like oh, gobbling yeah, up. Oh yeah, yeah. Now that you say that, that's, that's just, exactly right. Yeah. And now, just, now that you say that out loud, I'm never going to look at Slimer the same. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. He's a little bit like John Belushi, almost like that, yeah. Great. And that's why Dan Aykroyd approved it. Yes, I love it. John Belushi would love it. That is almost his ghost coming after right. Bill Murray. Right. <laughs> that's great. It's like you took my role. Dang it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that just makes it makes it even better when he like walks in the hotel room and gets slimed. He's like, I've been slimed. <laughs> I get. I would love to be in the room because they had the, the it was in the script. There's gonna be this marshmallow man. Make sure like the right. Michelin and all that. The yeah. Mar- and they, they, the guys who the prop guys who made it and it's like they showed it. They opened it. It's like Dan Eckert said is in a shoebox. We open up the shoebox and there's a mar- but he's got a navy outfit on. I'm like <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why is he a Navy guy? Why is a Navy outfit? And it's like, well, it's funny. <laughs> well, it's funny to us now. It's funny. <laughs> that explains why he was very angry, Marshmallow guy. Said, I still don't understand why he's in a Navy outfit. <laughs> Marshmallows get wet. They're like gross. I don't know. <laughs> but it works. It totally works. It, it does. But like, unless you know that, like, you, you're just like, it's a second nature. You're like, oh, Marshmallow guy, Navy outfit. Makes perfect sense. It took me a long time to be an adult to understand. Wait, you're adult. an adult? I know. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> surround her at comic books. I'm not a <laughs> It took me a long time to figure out the joke. that is Because I went to theater to see it. Yeah. And then the scene where Vekman comes to her apartment. Yeah. To inspect the ghost. And then he goes in her bedroom and she says, that's the bedroom, but nothing ever happens in there. And he, <laughs> and he comes, goes, that's like, a what a crime. crime. That's exactly right. <laughs> 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 that's a, I never yeah. got that as a kid and all the adults in the theater are laughing and I was like and you're what? like what I don't understand well, that's, what that's, that's funny that's right the yeah. ghost. And, then, and then like a minute you like when your brain flips to adult mode you're like that's the funniest crap I've ever heard in my whole life it's <sighs> the best <laughs> I, I, I do it was one of my favorites in the 80s I think as a kid I went to see it twice nice yeah and, it's, I'm, I'm glad I'm excited for number three number three be perfectly honest with you like i think the casting that they have done for that yeah sometimes with casting i'm just like why why what were you on when you decided to do that and this one it was like i can actually agree with the casting choices for this excellent they did a really good job yeah so they went around and just pitched it yeah i think it's just one of those movies that hits on everything the music's great and well at least that's what we think so far so we will find out more when it comes out oh yeah the future one yes exactly yep all right we're gonna take a little break and we'll um 
back talk more with Sam when we get back. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. And, and we, we make, make up the Cutaways, Cutaways podcast. We're watching the good, the bad, and the essentials of the romantic comedy genre. So far, we've fallen in love with Cary Grant, met up with our terrible friend, pal Joey, and had the desire to run our fingers through Patrick Dempsey's hair. Join our slumber party for your ears every other week, brought to you in stereo from our blanket fort in Hollywood, California. You can find and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Our digital blanket fort can be found at thecutaways.com. If you are the social butterfly types, you can also find us on twitter facebook and instagram as at cutaways podcast bye All right, we're back with Sam again. Um, Sam, that's a movie documentary, and you dedicated. So let's uh, get a little bit of a teaser about this documentary that you guys are working on. Okay, so it's based on a story that happened. A real story. A real story, yep. Yeah. And 130 years ago in Minnesota, and there's actually books written about it. And we were like, this is a really interesting story, and it's related to Minnesota. It's got all sorts of neat aspects there's romance there's crime there's all sorts of neat things and the amazing part is it's it was real i think people we we criticize stories based on two things if it's a real story we we base on how is this possibly really ever happened right and when we fiction when we critique fiction it's like how is that really real right it doesn't seem real you got to make it right right so when you critique nonfiction, you're like well and it's funny you say that because that was pretty much our reaction was like how was this like how did this happen (laughs) like how did this actually become a thing where you you when you critique yeah when you critique nonfiction, it's like how is this this doesn't make any sense how is this real right so um it's a film that i'm the executive producer of and it's being directed by adrian lee and our dp zach rivers and um, I I actually applaud documentaries <laughs> because you know you're not rehearsing. Right, you got to get you, you only can yes. film what you get. Right, right, and that's we just we were like you know what this could actually work really well, and we kept a really small, tight knit group when we did it, and we had one actor which was C J Devon, great guy. He was fantastic. Yeah, and. So we did filming, and it just there's that moment where like it was the perfect film day. So you do have an you did reenact some things. Yes. Yep. Okay. So the, it's based on true story, but for to fill in the blanks, you did some reenactments oh, yeah. on stuff. And the reenactments were actually all based on things that have been you can publicly find. Okay. And so those reenactments are actually all based on real things that were happening. Right. We live in the world of Google. You can't really deceive that's people anymore. Exactly. They, you look it up right. and it takes about five minutes and they can. Oh, and that's exactly it. Like yeah. all they'd have to do is look up the newspaper for when it happened. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, whoa. All those reenactments were things that 
actually happened. So you, are you guys in, still in production? Oh yeah, we've we've got work to do on it. And there's some things that we want to add to it. And we have some really neat ideas on what we want to do with it. And I'm pretty excited to get to see how it turns out. So. Are you going to help with editing? Uh, <laughs> I, I am. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's a nice reaction because I asked if you, you edit your own material <laughs> with writing. And then I, I'm going to try to bait you with that. <laughs> I like. I like being a part of the editing process. Yeah. I like sitting down with an editor yeah. and kind of like ping-ponging ideas off. Oh, that looks really cool. What else could we do? Or I like that, but what about this? I was going to ask you about editing because I just watched Mar- The Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. That's was probably going to get a Best Picture nomination. Right. But it was directed by Noah Bumbach, right? It's a male director. And mm-hmm. as I was watching the movie, I was like, this had to be edited by a female. There's no way. And I was like, this had to be a balance because it, it really doesn't project like a male point of view or a female point of view. But I think it's intentional. And of course, it, I saw it. It was edited by a girl. I think it was a real smart decision. Right. Especially for a story like that. If you could right. do something. With, but if you have a male director, I think it has to be femalely right. edited or something like that. Yeah. And we had, our team was, our team is got, we have a few women and a few men and it worked out really well. So we got some really good perspective in all direction. Our, my editor, who's my, actually my producer for my podcast and he's, he's fantastic at what he does and he's a really nice guy and it's, he's got some really neat ideas that we want to try out and just see what happens. And I'm pretty excited to see how it turns out. Now with this documentary, usually people wait till it's all done to have a title. You want to do that? We, we have a title, but, I'm going to keep that under wraps just because that's kind of a decision that we had all made that it's just better if we just keep it on the DL right. yeah. for now. Yeah. But I've, I've many I've heard many times people make a documentary they wait till it's done. Yes. To come with the title. Well, and the thing is the title came pretty naturally, but we just we're not ready to like go out and be like, "Hey, check this out." <laughs> <laughs> not quite at that point yet. At least we're not comfortable at where we're at now to do that. Are you going to continue after this project of interesting and continue with documentaries or you wanted to work with fiction or? I think I like both. Um, it just depends on the team that I'm with. It depends on what stories happen. And it, I think I'm one of those people who are like, that's a great story. I really like that idea, whether it's true or not. Yeah. And go from there, I guess. I think it's hard because people think filmmakers are just all making films, but it's really you are looking for a story. Well, and that's exactly it. Like, films are stories i mean that's what they are they're written they're made um books when i read a book it's like watching a film in my head yeah and that's exactly right and i could see this being a movie that's exactly right and you could see it like frame for frame and exactly what's going on yeah. but films are the exact same way when you have a really good script and you can read it and you're like oh i could see this in my head like i have a very clear idea of what would be happening yeah it's a lot like that so it just depends is is it a story that resonates with me and if it is then yeah i'd love to work on it i understand that people who make documentaries like yourself have a tough time watching other documentaries have the opportunity to watch other documentaries uh i pretty much watch anything and everything <laughs> um what i so what i learned so i was I had done education type stuff. And yeah. if there's one thing I've learned is somebody's already done it. So 
you compile a list of all the things that other people have already done. What do you like? What don't you like? And how can you adapt it to make it your own? If that makes sense. It does make sense. When I, I did an essay when I was in um, college about there's really no such, thing, no such thing as originality. Something came off from something else. Right. Um, you can Everybody can trace their roots from the first epic story of Gilgamesh. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that, it's all comes back from the first one. Right. But, and you can do variations, but... I've always had this conversation with friends. There's no such thing as original content, everything. Mm -hmm. You're actually right. There's really, we've seen this story before. Right. We're just presenting something of a new. Well, new perspective, a new new way of seeing something, a new way of going about it. Yeah. And the thing is that you find your own style eventually and you find what you like and what you don't like. But I I appreciate it because I love Star Wars, but I I would never know about other movies like The Hidden Fortress <laughs> there's a I think there's a David Hasselhoff one that came out a year later. It was I've sat through the entirety of that film. If I can remember the name of it, I will message it to you. I cringed a little bit on the inside, but now I know it exists. So once I remember what that is, I will send it to you. <laughs> but it's it's like you're right. I can't like I've seen Star Wars, so I watch other things like that, and it's like yeah. okay, well I like this, but I don't like that. Yeah, so uh, you know, I like Raiders of the Lost Ark. That made me search out other movies that Spielberg inspired. You know, right. he, this this secret of Incas, where Trump right. in essence dressed like Indiana Jones, exactly, or, or the all the Tony and Pirate serials that right. Steven Spielberg liked, and so. But Raiders of the Lost Ark, totally original script. But right. he's got his inspiration. From well, and that's exactly it. You're gonna get inspiration from somewhere doing something, even if it's just a conversation or like a happenstance meeting, like. You just have to be open to that inspiration, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. so what what is a kind of the, your criteria for a movie? Are you just one of those that just can watch anything? Do you like certain kind of movies? Or? <laughs> I um, I have a thing for black and white movies. First of all, I just I like it, but specifically black and white musical movies. <laughs> And like MGMs? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I've watched every Shirley Temple movie. I've watched every Ju- Judy Garland movie, and I have pretty much have like nailed down every Roger and Hammerstein movie. Like it's that is my thing. Like if I'm not out, it's a, it's a musical production. Yes. You're going. Yes. Um. I also have an undying love for anything that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are in, in together. <laughs> I, uh, I've even seen I've even seen Joe versus the volcano. If you don't know it, God bless you. Um, I don't think Tom Hanks is proud of it. But right. Was it wasn't my favorite? But I watched it because I had to. It was like yeah, yeah I had to watch it. So, um, but I mean I'm I like mind bending movies too. So like if you've ever seen uh, Mr. Nobody with Jared Leto, that's one of my favorites, and because yeah. it kind of messes with time and reality and does some really neat things like that and then on the top of that uh Gwen Paltrow I think think that was her but she did sliding glass doors oh sliding doors yes, yes. that's what it is and I love that I the remember whole, well that was kind of a cultish kind of a yeah. I worked at the video store when it yeah. happened and people would it would it didn't make a lot of money no but we can't we couldn't keep it off the shelf people right. would buy it yeah. right and then right with Cloud Atlas if like if it's screwed around with if it's messes around with reality if it messes around like mind bendy like with your head like what timeline's real what timeline isn't 
those are my all-time yeah. favorite films if you had to ask i will message you a bunch of them that are mind <laughs> great it's uh one of the best ones is a horror movie from the 80s what? Uh, uh, jacob's ladder no you're, way you would love it it is a really? psychological mind trip no then that's exactly yes then i would 100 percent probably enjoy that that um, is very true and if i if people who listened who know about jacob's ladder but it's it's tim robbins he's Ooh. he came back from um the war and um he's a mailman but he periodically sees demons and they look Ooh. like they're closing in on his world so he really? doesn't know if he's messed up maybe he's already dead he doesn't can't really right. figure this out right and the conclusion very much you understand Shh, can't it. tell me <laughs> but it's a, one of those psychological horrors i mean it's, really? very, it's one of those that's very cringy you talk about cringy but right but he goes to a house party and he's like i'm gonna grab a beer of the fridge he opens up the fridge it kind of reminds like me of uh there. what is donnie donnie darko yeah donnie darko yeah. Was a, well that was like yeah it messed with time yeah and the, the airplane crash yep. and everything yep but yeah, that's definitely a branch off of that. Yep. Like okay, I could, do, I could definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. But those have those have to be some of my favorite, where you just mind bendy kind of stuff there. Yeah. yeah or there's a character, and all of a sudden you realize that character wasn't real the whole time. Well, and that's so it's funny because when I I worked with another team for Beautifully Positively Different, which is the film that. Uh, kind of is based on my own story. Yeah. And um, there was a part in it where she's in front of a mirror and you can't tell <laughs> if it's the mirror that's actually happening or if she's happening. And like you can see when it talks and she's not talking and we really were like, let's just mess around with it. Because like, anybody like in it's any like kind of recovery knows that at one point or another you were at that point where you were like, what is going on my brain just doesn't quite connect the dots yeah and so we were all like let's get a little trippy and see what we could do with this there's a little bit of a yeah a little bit of a disconnect yes yes yeah, yep, yeah. exactly and it, and it plays very well on the movie the joker i think that plays right. very well because right. and i've been screaming at people don't trust his narrative. <laughs> That's one of the crucial elements of the Joker. Well, is you I had to, trust I had his, to narr- his own narrative. This is like going to be a dead giveaway, and people are probably going to hate me. But if you haven't seen it by now, well, that's not my fault. I think um, it's made over a billion dollars. I think right, a lot of <laughs> right. Well, because like if you Google, there's that scene in there when he goes into the refrigerator, and you Google that kind of fridge. Yeah, it's basically what they call a death box. When you that door shuts, you can't open that door again. So you can't tell if it happened or if he had thought it happened or if it did happen. Because if it would have happened, he wouldn't have become the king of crime. Right, or and, his um, right. relationship with his neighbor. Right, and that's exactly yeah. right. And so you, like, that's, it's, it messes with your head. But that's the thing. When you are kind of in that dark place, Yeah, that's what happens is that th- sometimes reality isn't reality if that no. most people might get that some people might not but that's where you're at well i think because i'm a huge comic book fan i've been reading batman comics for years and that <laughs> is the crutch of his basis is you cannot trust his narrative his, right no matter what background he tells you right it's not right right well, I think even if he tells you your name is his name is arthur fleck you cannot trust that that, that is actually his name <laughs> right, right. Yeah. and that's exactly and that's, and that's exactly it but that's why that character is so powerful though yeah. because before this before we started this we were talking about harley quinn right and we, we were talking about yeah, yeah yeah and so like we were chatting like who played who exactly so it's like 
he could say that oh he was the one that turned her and stuff like that but But the question is she was a very intelligent woman she was very well trained she knew what she was doing and it's like why couldn't she why couldn't she have manipulated him right it's always from a male's point of view of Mm -hmm. the joker is always that he conned her to do it right and well the question is is what if she wanted to do it and she got him to do it for her so like she found the ignition to catapult exactly and that's right exactly she always wanted to she found somebody and that's exactly right like who could set that fire he could do it so how do i get him to do that so because i mean if you follow the character archetype he doesn't care about anybody but himself oh yeah and so how did somebody manage to become that important to that kind of character so that makes you wonder who played who so yeah. yeah, she always plays the vulnerable. Oh, right. Don't beat me up. And then right. she punches you dead then in the face. And she takes you out with a hammer the size of your head. But there's also, <laughs> and I wrote an essay about the Joker, and I think it's it's something that's frightening is he's completely liberated. From right. Everything. Right. And the funny Morals, thing is, ethnics. people call that anarchy. And it's like, well, th- that is a version. Yeah. If you've ever, one yeah. of my favorite films is actually uh, V for Vendetta. And yeah. I th- the character in that, like you said, he's free from morals. He's kind of free from other stuff. And it's like, so what happens if somebody were to actually free themselves he's from, from all? Family. That's exactly yeah. right. Well, who's going to? Well, yeah, right. If you don't have to pay taxes, you're free from that. <laughs> free from that yeah. If you live in a hovel under the ground, like, yeah, uh, yeah it makes you wonder, like, what would someone actually do if that if they were really, truly able to do that? So makes them interesting characters, right? Right, and I that's think, exactly right. And I think especially if you're a writer and if you want to write, you have to think of the antagonist first. I always encourage that. Think of the antagonist first before the protagonist. Well, and the, funny, the thing about saying that is even if the antagonist and the protagonist are the same person. So when I did my film, um, when I was writing it and it was based on my own stuff, I yeah. was my own protagonist and I was my own antagonist. And the funny thing is, is that you had to write both. You had to write for both of it. Right. As a writer, you're going to write the bad. You need you the bad, need the bad with the good. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But sometimes you have to have the bad because you have to know how to like put the good in there. No, it has to be convincing. Right. Right. You hate what Darth Vader is doing, but you understand the way he's talking right that's exactly it you have to understand his point of view and how he got there yeah mm-hmm. and usually bad guys think they're their hero well that's they exactly, always, that's exactly the right hero, yeah right? You don't yeah. understand what i'm doing i'm being i'm trying to help well, you guys. thanos basically says that out loud thanos is like i don't understand why you guys don't like this idea because your planet will be better it will be less populated and like you'll be healthier and it's like in his world that was saving the world yeah so yeah <laughs> totally makes sense is it you think it's natural to do an antagonist or is this something kind of a hard work for you for me i think um an antagonist is just that part actually comes probably more naturally to me than the than the protagonist does it does for me and that might just be because that's it did for my story. For me, it's more interesting. Of course, like, right. Not that, not that, <laughs> now don't get me wrong, protagonists, they're great. They've got great storylines, they're fun, they can be fantastic, yeah. but there's something about an, a good antagonist right. that well, kind of pushes that, it pushes the limits. And I think that's what I like the most about it, is that pushing those limits, 
that's what makes things kind of interesting because well we talk about this year the joker made more money than dumbo <laughs> <laughs> more money than a flying elephant that's more, good <laughs> people, a good antagonist is something people love and it, right the afi top 100 list if you right. go down that every movie had a great right. antagonist well i think that's personally like for all the dc movies yeah those were my favorite characters were the antagonists like they were cast well they were played well they were just phenomenal people always say that in the comic book community Mm -hmm. marvel has the greatest heroes yes but dc has the greatest villains because they are completely damaged people right right so like i'm like thinking to myself come on guys just unite your powers and like combine those heroes and those villains and we'll have the ultimate comic book yeah and see that's where yeah. deadpool comes in because deadpool <laughs> can do whatever he wants and he's the best <laughs> he is that wonderful antagonist isn't he's he? the wonderful fourth wall breaker who's like i don't care if you're marvel i don't care if you're dc i'm just going to show up and do what i want and that <laughs> it was a, there's a great comic book of deadpool he get us he's a mercenary so he got hired right. hired to do a job right and he, right and he gets to the, get to the end of the page and he realizes that it, it's just it's too much taxing on well, him and he's like i'm not doing this i'm going home but my <laughs> but like that character Which, well, a protagonist won't do it that was, character yeah. i love that character because he shows up in two different very different worlds as the very same person <laughs> because if you watch wolverine like the whole like all of them yeah that mercenary is also the same mercenary in the deadpool universe right because he name, talks about that's him, exactly yeah. right but Unless you've taken the time and you like nitpick the details, you're like, whoa, wait a second. So there's there's something like there's some like meshing going on here, and it's kind of yeah. it's kind of a joy when you're like, I totally caught that. Well, I think it needs to be because I think people, right. even though you don't you love wholesome, it gets annoying. Yes, it, it gets, <laughs> and that's why we need Deadpool. It gets wholeheartedly annoying yes. when you're completely wholesome. Not that wholesome is bad, but no. there's got to be some sarcasm. There's got to be some terrible jokes like there's there has to be just that kind of fun because it's life life is never completely wholesome like right and and then my favorite author elmer letters like nobody wants to read about the happy little elves who go to work every day and pay their taxes on time nobody wants to read no (laughs) and if you do okay well um, you enjoy yourself i i kind of hoping that all of a sudden like one of the elves is like, this is boring, and like, go finds a go unicorn. Rob the bank go and rob the bank. That's exactly right. And the rest of the elves have to like unite together and like take them down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, but well, Robert not- De Niro talked about that. It, it, somebody asked him, "Why would you want to be an actor?" He goes, "Because I think going to a job nine to five and sitting in a cubicle is prison. It's prison, <laughs> right?" Well, I, and like the job I have, I, I'm usually working. Monday through Friday. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I, it could be anything from I'm speaking to like, I, I might be speaking on a Saturday night or a Sunday, or I'm really glad that I've managed to end up in a job where it isn't completely nine to five Monday through Friday, because yeah. I can't do that. Well, I, I worked in a factory for 10 years after I worked in a legitimate factory and I met pe- and it frustrated me. I didn't like that environment, but I met people who loved it. They right. actually loved it. Right. They had to go to work from 8 to 7, Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. same job, same place, same station, and they thrived in it, and they enjoyed it. For me, it was a painful. Cring- cringeworthy? <laughs> cringeworthy. So yeah. the moral of the story is it takes all kinds of people to make life interesting. Well, so. it, it took me a long time to criticize them. Right. Well, who, 
if you enjoy doing that, who am right. I? Well, it just wasn't for me, right? And it upset me. But if you love doing that, right, right, horror, go yeah. Well, and earlier you asked why, why the podcast? Why did I start doing it? Because I enjoy it. Like I like to ask questions. Yeah. I like to know more about really neat things. Like we did, we got to interview Adrian Lee, who's an author and a paranormal investigator. We did Antonia Felix, and she has done biographies on Michelle Obama, Ruth Bader, Elizabeth Warren. Um, we Some good m- women right there. <laughs> right, right. Um, we got to meet um, the women, some of the women that run Minsky Theater in Northeast Minneapolis. And we sat down with Jenna Laurie and Jack Vital, And we got to meet some other people who we haven't released the interview yet. And it's just, that's what I like. It's like that yeah. passion. And it's figuring out what you like and how to roll with it, you know? Right, and I started this podcast cause, simply because I like movies. That was my right. that, all. All the reason I started is because I like movies. I don't make movies. I participate in, them. but I needed to talk to somebody else. My wife is tired of me talking. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to find somewhere <laughs> new outlet, new new outlet, new outlet. to. Oh. And I and because I'm a high extrovert, I needed somebody. Right. So it's right. nice. Now I can find people that I can talk to about right. movies, and I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I the reason why we podcast because we love it. Right, it's and never worked for me. Well, and that's exactly it. It's, it's always a joy. You're like, oh, I get to meet this person, and it's like, what questions do I want to ask them? Like, yeah. what do what do I want to know? What do I think if I want to know it? Someone out there else is probably wondering the same thing, and. Well, I knew this was going to be a great show because I had had no idea about you. I know what you've done, <laughs> right? You can sit up Google, but I have I've never really met you before, right? And I always tell people that's going to be a great interview because I don't know you, right? And it's always interesting to see like how it goes or where the conversation goes. Like when we took our break, we had we had quite the conversation. So that was uh, it was kind of interesting to see how this just to be there for that and be in the moment was really nice. Do you like doing interviews or being interviewed, or do you like it both? Oh, so to be perfectly honest with you, this is the actual first interview like I've ever actually done. I got to tell you, I kind of like both. You kind of do. I I do. I kind of. It's something about, like I could sit and chat in front of a microphone and just chat about movies, comic books, books, and I would be perfectly content. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I just like it. So, yeah. Well, eventually we're just going to have to, you and I just pick oh, a coffee spot. Oh, for sure. And just <laughs> well, we were actually talking about what a brewery. So yeah. there was that. So, yeah. And that would just be fun. It's like you do that and I guarantee you find a million topics we could probably cover <laughs> <laughs> at least. So, yeah. Um, Before I let you go, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite musical? Oh, or not really Ooh. one, or do you have multiples? Does it have to be strictly a musical? No, no. Oh. I'm always a, I'm a very little liberal on the requirements. So, dang it. Um, Meet Me in St. Louis is my all-time favorite with Judy Garland. If you don't know it, you need to this find it. It's a perfect it. time to watch it. It is <laughs> has one of the best Christmas songs ever. I'm gonna but say the, thanks. But, I'm gonna <laughs> sing. I'm gonna try and train this. But, the thing about it though is the song sounds really uplifting and happy but when you see the movie and you understand oh, the con- con- <laughs> you understand the context of why they're singing it it's yeah. really sad and it makes me cry because like just watch it watch the film that is a full you know just thinking about it it's full that's what i think about it. the house is full the, mm-hmm. it's a full yeah yeah 
I just it's has to be my all-time favorite right there is meet me in st louis the trolley song i sing it whenever i'm on the trolley at the state fair every year i'll just start singing that yep i uh my mother used to drive one of the trolleys at the state fair so whenever i'd hop on the trolley i'd start singing that very loud and obnoxiously i didn't care um because it was worth it um but yes that one has to be my favorite have you seen the new judy movie no not yet Okay. I'm not going to. You're not going to? Why? No. Why? No? Well, personally, I'd rather do the research myself. I don't... Like, I get it. Okay. Like, yeah. that's someone's perspective on... If any... If this entire conversation tells me something is somebody decided to put their own spin on it, and that is perfectly fine and acceptable, but I want to do the research. I want to, like, see Judy. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see Judy as Judy, not, like... Renee Zellweger as Judy. Yeah. Well, because then that's going to start. I'm just going to mess with my head. I'm going to be like, Renee Zellweger was in Chicago. And that's going to really bug me because as great of a singer as she was, and I'm going to give her props for that, you can't be Judy. Like, I'm sorry. You can't do that. Judy no. will always just be Judy. Yeah. Did you, did you like her version of Star is Born? Um... It was all right. I didn't mind it. It wasn't yeah. my favorite. The, I actually liked the newest version the best, but her version was okay. And so, yeah, that's what people... No. It gets accolade because she didn't really did very many movies after that. Maybe well, it's and, little, that's, and that's yeah. exactly it. I mean, she didn't really get the chance to for various reasons, but yeah, that's... I mean, it was it was okay. wasn't my favorite, no. but... But definitely, meet me in St. Louis. Oh, for sure. That's 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always... It's always... If somebody makes top... 10 musicals of all time it's 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 going to be in there yeah and yeah. i definitely have a top 10 list which maybe one day we'll go through a top 10 oh list of musicals. we would definitely have to <laughs> we have to have sam and you and i will bounce out a top oh table. that would be yeah there's some interesting musicals especially lately like it, there have been some really interesting would you consider uh, well best one of us rocket man that was a good musical for me. I did I did like that one. That was a I little was, deceiving because I thought we were just going to have a bio right. of Elton John. I didn't right. know it was going to be a more f- like a musical. Right. Yeah. But actually, that didn't surprise me at all. No, like not I, to you? No. Not not for me, it didn't. I and Come on. Think about who, the, who, who it's about. Like... <laughs> <laughs> let's get real here if you think it's like a, if you think it's going to be stylized like queen no doubtful but, but he i i like elton john he goes you know like queen they're they don't they can move around they don't have to dress up <laughs> i'm stuck on a piano what am i <laughs> going to do that's exactly get- <laughs> right it's like how do i keep your attention while i'm sitting in front of a piano I'll the whole time daffy duck <laughs> Or a bunch duck, of duck or a bunch of pink feathers. Pink feathers, because sequen- I'm se- sequency shiny stuff. Yay! Yes, that's exactly right. That's yeah. uh, how do we keep your attention? <laughs> Dress up like a crazy person. <laughs> that that would be no. He. It's interesting to see the fact that he was able to keep your attention the way he does. Yes, and I thought the movie did a really good job at kind of keeping your attention which when i when i first seen it come out i was like well i don't know how well i'm gonna like pay attention to it but it kept my attention the entire time so it was really nice i do appreciate it because he went through treatment and then he right. confessed that i've done drugs i was promiscuous right. and he goes i freaking loved all of well and the thing <laughs> but being able to admit that though yeah. that's like half the thing is like i i enjoyed it it was fun and that's that's the thing it's like but the moment you yeah. know you need to go to recovery is like, but it was unhealthy. While I, it yeah. was fun, it wasn't okay. No, I, I thoroughly enjoyed drinking away my 20s 
right. going, working at a factory. And but when you go yeah. back and look at it, you're like, what well, could have yeah. probably done things differently. Yes. I, I, and, and uh, I've, I've had guests on who are much younger than me, and I'm, I'm glad that you guys figured it out long earlier <laughs> than I did. But uh, yeah, fr- it's, I regarded my weekends as just, let's try to out drink each other. Yeah, yeah. And, but I mean, now you look back and you're like, well, now I have other healthier options and I use them. So it's kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, everybody asks why. Why did you take you? Why you're in your forties? Why? Why are you now doing a comic book? Well, it took me a long time to, to get to that point, right? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. I can understand that 100. percent You're like it took the the road to get there was interesting, yeah, but I didn't beeline it. I took right. the long scenic route. Yeah, but the long scenic route gives you some really good ideas. Oh, I yeah. Right. All the years of right? spending in bars, I met some. You meet you meet characters. That's what they are. Right. You you meet people, and you're just like what it's like i could write a character about you or based on you yeah so i had a good friend i wouldn't name his name but he intentionally <laughs> went to bars just to have a fight oof and he just just and then when he hit about 30 and all right like, you know all right time to fight he went out in the parking lot i'm tired of this right. <laughs> i'm done this is we're good here i got that out of my system yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> so good and now he's a nice family man but yeah he's he just urinated his 20s away from drinking and right. fighting and all that stuff until i figured it out well it's kind of nice because now i'm yeah. at the point where i get to do a podcast i get yeah. to yeah. help make films i get to make films i get to work with some really cool people and now i know some really cool people and i so you're you're at the part where you got your bearings oh yeah and, and now it's just building it up and it's just it's yeah. fun like I, there's definitely films that i want to make there are definitely people I want to work with. There's for sure people I want to interview 100%. Yes. Like, so if any of you listening and Contact you're like, <laughs> you're like, I want to be interviewed or you like know somebody and you're like, this person is amazeballs, send them my direction. I will definitely and, will, yeah. And I have to tell you, like, I'm just a fan. Like, I, whether it's music, whether it's art, comic books, films, I kind of one of those people who are like, I just want to know more. Yeah. And, I refer to my podcast as a plug and chug. My job is to make you look amazing. And I imagine that's kind of very similar to what you do. Right. And it's hard for me when I have guests to talk about my own stuff. Right. Because I, I really think it's all about you as right. my, the guest. And what exactly. Yeah. So I get that. But I bleed a linen because you also do interviews. So I figured. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's you okay. Ask me questions. Go ahead. Season two. Season two. I'll have you on there and then we'll just go backwards because yes. you're like, you don't just do podcasts. You write comic books. You yeah. work on movies. You work on movies. You yeah. do other stuff. And, storyboard. And that's exactly right. So it's like you have a whole set of stuff that you do that isn't just a podcast. No. So. And I do a lot of healthy drinking. Not abusing. Water. Water. Drinks a lot of water. That's very healthy. (laughs) Yes, it is. Well, Sam, thanks for coming on. This has been fun. Yeah, this This has been a lot of fun. This is fantastic. I I feel like we just got our bearings and now we got to... Well, that's okay because the other one of us also has a podcast. We'll just have you and do part two. So it's perfect. Part two will be coming up in a... Probably by February or March of next year. So... (laughs) Um, If you didn't know... We always have to do our signature, so it's not over to the guest says it's over. <laughs> it's over. I love it. <laughs>